Welcome to the WFO Life Podcast. Buckle up for interviews, insights, and practical discussions, and the occasional intellectual oddity, all designed to help you master self, master craft, and accomplish any life mission. Welcome back to the WFO Life Podcast. I'm Dr. William Curtis, and we're here with another medical health bonus segment. I always like to find things that are maybe interesting to me or and I things that might be interesting to you or useful or most importantly, practical for people who are trying to master self, master craft and accomplish any life mission. In this segment, I'll typically cover a lot of dietary things, maybe maybe specific medical issues like I'm going to cover today or things that I think would be helpful for prevention, building energy and helping you get the most health so that you can do what you want to do instead of chase medical problems half your life. So on that note, I want to cover something today that I bet you will probably find surprising. If you are a runner, uh, an athlete, maybe just a weekend warrior, or maybe you have had an injury where you tore a muscle, strained a muscle, or, or tweaked your ankle, you don't even have to be an athlete. Imagine the last time you maybe stepped off a curb and, and torqued your ankle. What did you do? Um, typically, if you were you know, born after 1978 or so, you probably went and grabbed a bag of ice and you iced your extremity. I know I've probably given the advice to ice an extremity or a, a, an ankle or a muscle, you know, just ice it. You know, I used to have a coach or not a coach, but our trainer in high school, you know, and his name, Doc, was synonymous with, you know, put ice on it. Well, actually, that's part of what's called the RICE protocol. And I'm going to be honest with you, it looks like from the research I'm looking at and also from journals and books that have been written about this topic, quite frankly, it's a myth. And actually, icing muscles, joints, things like that actually could be and actually probably is harmful, not beneficial. Now, at the end of the show notes, I'm going to put a journal article so you can read this in more detail if you like. And there's also a couple of links to some books that have been written on this subject. I'll, I'll go ahead and make sure those are in the show notes. But I essentially want to explain first the RICE protocol. What is the RICE protocol? The RICE protocol, which is an acronym for rest, ice, compression, and elevation, is a protocol that's been perf- the really the preferred method for treatment for acute musculoskeletal injury since 1978. That's when there was a book published called Sports Medicine Book, very very obvious title, by Dr. Gabe Merkin. Sorry, that's Gabe Merkin. The guidelines in this have been used by coaches and healthcare providers for four to five decades. And, you know, with the the intent of expediting recovery process and reducing inflammation. And like many things that I've seen in medicine that get adopted as the standard operating procedure or the, let's call it cultural norm in healthcare healthcare circles, the RICE protocol, frankly, doesn't have a lot of uh, research that substantiates its benefit. Uh, That's a fancy way of saying there really doesn't exist any major proof of why this would be done but yet we do it. And there's a lot of things, both modern currently that we do and things that have been done in the past and in, in, in the history of medicine that don't have proof for what they do or why they're recommended. 
However, there is an important note that there's an abundance of research that collectively supports the notion that ice and rest does not enhance the recovery process, but instead may actually delay recovery. It may also result, and this is really big, in further damage to tissue. So if you're a parent, I want you to think about your athlete that uh, just strained their calf muscle running or maybe the football game, they've got the big bruise and you're trying to help that heal. Maybe they're swelling in an ankle from, from an injury. And, you know, the immediate response is we, we go and we put ice on it. You'll see them standing on the sideline with ice wrapped around a shoulder, wrapped around an ankle. And what I'm pointing out to you is that these steps, and I'm going to maybe go through each of them in the RICE protocol, rest, ice, compression, elevation, they actually have good research that shows they're not helpful, in fact, can be harmful. In about 2015, they took another look at Dr. Merkin's RICE protocol, and Basically, what I'm covering today is some of the f- summary findings of what they found in, in, you know, when they looked at really what research is out there with regards to injury, injury repair and recovery. You might ask yourself, why did we start doing this anyway? Well, in 1962, there was a 12-year-old kid that was playing uh, along a train track and he was uh, jumping onto freight trains as they came by. And uh, during that process, uh, the kiddo got his arm disconnected, uh, severed from his body. And the boy was taken to Massachusetts General Hospital, uh, where Dr. Ronald Malt, a young chief resident, attempted to save Eddie's detached limb. Despite that they were, you know, there had never been a successful reattachment of a limb in the medical research, uh, this doctor said, and 12 doctors on his team performed the first successful limb reattachment transfer in history. This was a real, like, huge thing. It was a, it was a big deal in medical research, and certainly in, it, in and of itself, it was a major breakthrough medically. One of the interesting aspects of this story is that the surgeon, when asked what to do with the severed limb while they were preparing the 12-year-old Eddie Knowles um, to, you know, to get his arm reattached, said, Doctor, what would you like us to do with the arm? And he said, put it on ice. And he said, put it on ice because if you think about it, um, what do you do if you're going to be at the barbecue and you don't want the meat that you're going to cook to rot? You keep it on ice, right? So it seems logically to make sense because it would prevent spoiling. And that's probably the extent of where that came from. But because it was super interesting and part of this limb reattachment um, situation, that became something that people started looking at. Like that could be a very good thing. That could be a very good thing to put things on ice because it'll prevent, you know, spoilage. So uh, that became written into a book in 1978 by Dr. Gabe Merkin. And this was the sports medicine book. And he coined that term rest, ice, compression, elevation, or rice. And that represented the four activities for treating acute athletic injuries. That RICE protocol has been d- deeply ingrained into like academic curriculum. I remember learning this in medical school, as well as in public perception over the last you know, four decades. However, in ni- 2013, uh, the RICE protocol was challenged by Gary Ryan in a book called ICE, The Illusionary Treatment Option. And Ryan s- 
cited numerous studies and in, in anatomical resources in support of the notion that resting an injury while wrapping it tightly, like compression, with ice is both ineffective excel- at accelerating the recovery process, but also could definitely damage effective tissues. To Dr. Merkin's credit, uh, when the second version of this iced, the illusion treatment option came available, he actually wrote the forward to this book, uh, reversing his recommendation from his previous work. And he actually wrote, subsequent research shows that the rest and ice can actually delay recovery. Mild movement helps tissue heal faster, and the application of cold suppresses the immune responses that can start and hasten recovery. Icing does not help suppress pain, but athletes are usually far more interested in returning as quickly as possible to the playing field. So today, Rice has is not preferred treatment for an acute athletic injury. So he actually wrote that in the forward of his colleague's book that was uh, debunking his previous recommendations. So based on current research, icing is simply a myth and something that we should not see based on research. We should not see this on the sidelines unless the idea is immediate and short-term pain relief. But we must understand that that short and immediate pain relief is going to come at the cost of slower repair, recovery, and possibly it could increase damage. All things that I as a physician am not prepared uh, to offer my uh, patients or offer uh, athletes that I treat. So let's talk about why this rice method is not correct and why we should not be icing things after injury. And there's a few physiologic reasons why that happens. The first is the response to trauma. When we have an area of our body that's been traumatized, there's a few key things that have to happen for that to occur. Let's imagine it's a, a torn, uh, like an injured muscle, a muscle that's been stretched, a ligament or tendon, and th- this tissue is trying to heal. There's several phases the body goes through. The first one is inflammation. The second is called repair. And the third is remodeling. What this indicates, if you look at how the body actually heals, is that inflammation must occur. We must have inflammation in order, you know, which does include swelling and uh, redness and and, uh, things like that. We must have that because it's part of the, it's the first stage of healing. The body must rush fluids and, and white cells and nutrients to an area in order to start the repair process. And then lastly, there must be a rebuilding or remodeling process at the end where the structures are reassembled, repaired, and then the inflammation and process can start to reverse itself. So again, inflammation is not really a bad thing, and it's it's not an undesired outcome that we should reduce or delay significantly, but rather an instant defense mechanism, if you will. And the primary objective of controlling the extent of cell injury and preparing the tissue for process of repair. So this is something that, you know, you, you know, you see an ankle swelling, it's not necessarily a bad thing because you're trying to mobilize tissue and, and, um, cells to that area. Also, the swelling immobilizes the joint. Imagine if you tear an ankle ligament, it swells and it hurts. That also keeps you from moving it and damaging it further. So there is a process to this inflammation that has a natural and proper mechanism to it. So if you imagine at a cellular level, a tissue that just got damaged, 
one of the things that happens is there is a, you know, there's a loss of blood supply. Imagine a muscle is torn at a microscopic level, then those blood vessels got torn. We have to stop blood. And in order to stop, you know, to clot, to stop bleeding, you have to get specific parts of your, you know, your platelets and the different clotting factors from your blood. You have to get that to the tissue itself. And when you get that, and when you get that, how do you get it there? You get it there by blood flow. So if you were to ice something immediately after uh, you uh, say an injury, let's let's call it an ankle injury. So let's say your ankle is swelling and you immediately throw an ice to try to prevent swelling or try to prevent this inflammation. You're actually slowing the process by which the body gets blood, blood clotting factors, and the immediate inflammatory you know process started, which is part of the healing process. And actually, what we know is that that local vasodilation, that 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 opening of the blood vessels to get stuff, you know, the clotting factors in the immediate area, it, that that begins to you know enhance blood flow to the area, and this increases the leakiness of the area around it, and that's why we get swelling. But that leakiness around the blood vessels that are in that area also release the inflammatory signals and the the cells that chomp up and eat the damaged tissue, the macrophages, and all these types of parts of our immune system that help us in that repair and remodeling process. So this is actually vital to speedy recovery. Because I have a lot of athletes that come in with, let's say, an ankle injury, and they want to get back to it. I'm ashamed to say over the years, I've been telling people to ice things. And the reality is the research shows that's not what we should be doing. Because we want that inflammation to get in there initially, get it in there. Let's get this over with. Let's get let's get going with the healing process. There's even things I mentioned earlier like macrophages that are responsible for the release of insulin-like growth factor. This is an essential hormone that's required for muscle regeneration. Why would we not want that in an area of injury at the time of injury? So again, we want this inflammation to occur. It's a, it has to be a shift of mindset about this. The next aspect of this, you know, process is the idea that in order for damaged area, if you have a damaged area, there's waste product there, there's damaged tissue. And you have these macrophages and your neutrophils, which are part of your white blood cells, they accumulate around this damaged area. And there's all this fluid that's formed there. Then we have to get that fluid out of there because we want to remove that waste. How do we get that out? Well, we take it out through the body's septic system, right? And that's the lymphatic system. The lymphatic system is a passive, uh, passive system of vessels that pulls fluid from the soft tissue around your, you know, outside your blood vessels. It's kind of like a septic drainage system and it drains the fluid from around these areas and it puts it into a system. And what the only way for that to get pumped around, because it doesn't get pumped by the heart, it actually is muscle movement. So when fluid enters inside of these lymphatic capillaries, we call them, any motion in the tissues that intermittently compresses the lymphatic capillaries presses and pushes the lymph fluid that's just swelling, pushes it through the lymphatic system. So to ensure that the lymphatic system is functioning properly and getting the fluid and the waste products out of there, the muscles must be active and able to contract to facilitate the lymphatic flow out of the body. If you don't have this adequately functioning, the, you know, the, you're going to accumulate waste products, excessive swelling, and the inability to allow optimal recovery of damaged tissue. This is very, very accepted science, and it's something that, you know, this is something we're doing, you know, we're, we're counteracting by icing. 
So there's not really too much inflammation. There's too little getting fluid out of, and, and inflammation out of the area. And that's, that was a quote from Dr. Wren. So, okay. So if you think about now that you're getting the excess fluid and, and waste out of the area, now the body can start the recovery phase. That's phase two where, uh, you know, the, you know, that's, that's an area where we start growing blood vessels back into the area. And this is essential because you have to, if you've torn areas at the microscopic level, you've torn muscle tissue, uh, blood vessels, their swelling and, and all the stuff that's been removed out of there. Well, now you have to rebuild some new blood vessels, improve the circulation and get nutrient materials built in there. You got to build the pipelines to go into that tissue. And that's an important part of recovery. So in the repair phase, we have to get these things called fibroblasts, which build collagen, which is like the structure of your ligaments and your muscles. And you have to be able to get that tissue in there and get weak you know, connections built first and then sort of build over on top of those like uh, layers to make that tissue strong again. So I'm going to go through a few of the ways that ice affects the response that we just talked about, all this, this three phases of inflammation and recovery and repair and remodeling. This... Uh, there's things that we do know from hard science about what icing does. The first of those is that when ice is applied to a body part for a prolonged period of, a period of time, the lymphatic vessels, remember our little septic system of that removes fluid and damaged tissue, dramatically increases how, how leaky it is. Okay. So if lymphatic uh, tissue is leaky, large amounts of fluid begin to pour from the outside of, in the wrong direction. Okay, and you increase the amount of local swelling and pressure and potentially greater pain. So this is a this is a problem with icing because we know that it causes the system that removes fluid to get leaky. It in you know it decreases its ability to do that. This is the part that this is the part that's really important because it indicates we also could be increasing damage. So this is not it isn't good or it doesn't help. It it actually could cause damage. They've also done studies that show that that insulin-like growth factor that comes from the macrophages we talked about that helps get in there and signal repair, this actually is inhibited in animal studies when we add ice. It can, in, it can decrease the ability for these repair cells in, in parts of our immune system that re remove waste. It can, re it can reduce that ability by up to 12 hours. So that's, that's important. So let's talk a little about compression and elevation, right? We talked about resting and ice, um, which uh, have not been sh shown to be physiologically helpful. Compression and elevation. So compression's, you know, something we've all done, like wrap it up so it doesn't swell very much. Well, of course, this affects, and the research suggests that there's evidence to support that the compression um, actually um, doesn't improve the blood flow to the area. Okay, and so if you if you compress the area and ice it, we're impairing blood flow, which is can significantly impair the ability for that tissue to heal and all the proper inflammatory tissues to get into the area. Now, the authors in the journal that I was reviewing did say that compression in particular, maybe even elevation, they, they probably have a weak effect on, on recovery, uh, meaning uh, making recovery worse. And they indicated that, you know, light compression, if that gives a little bit of comfort or pain relief might be okay, but that we don't want to get too carried away with that. So there's, there's, you know, it's of the rice protocol, the compression and elevation are probably, 
um, the milder, you know, aspects of, uh, of a myth and one, uh, two aspects that probably don't cause dramatic damage. And if they give a little bit of comfort, then that's something you could consider doing. Now, the last part is this that we'll circle back to is the rest, the rice. Whenever, you know, we talked about how lymphatic flow gets pumped out of, you know, the, the waste products get pumped out of an area of injury like an ankle by lymphatic flow, and that is dictated by muscles contracting. So resting and totally immobilizing an area is not always something you want to do because you want to actively work the lymphatic areas. You want to get those muscles moving at least a little bit to see if we can get the lymphatic flow uh, increased. That would, that would, of course, improve the removal of waste products, damaged tissue, and swelling. There's also pretty good research that angiogenesis, which is a, a term for a fancy term for building new blood vessels, is uh, which is phase two in the repair process, actually is stimulated by physical activity. And they've shown that in muscle studies where if a muscle is traumatized, actually getting it moving again helps it grow uh, blood vessels and repair itself faster. Also, growth factors like myostatin are improved with exercise. So there's ample reasons why the RICE protocol should not be used. But what should we do? Let's talk for the next few minutes about uh, an optimal approach. And this is known as active recovery. Rilne, uh, which is the author of the Ice Myth uh, book, recommended a another acronym, ARIDA, which stands for Active Recovery is the Answer. And active recovery is a really broad term that can include any activity where the contraction of muscle tissues, you know, previously subjected to trauma. So this is, this is something that suggests that, you know, there's a lot of treatments that may fall into this category, but they do not include slowing blood flow, uh, compressing areas, trying to minimize swelling or the inflammatory process, but instead work towards increasing activity and mobility exercises and low intensity activity and thereby to uh, facilitate or increase the inflammatory process and allow the person to heal faster. So if an injury is minor and the pain is minimal, rehabilitation in this instance can start almost as early as like the next day, assuming there's no major pain, you know, in the areas of movement you want to do. If the injury is severe, sometimes, you know, uh, we have to do this much slower. And, and that's when you talk to your doctor, of course, and whenever you've got things that are very, very severe. One protocol that's often used has an acronym MEAT, M-E-A-T, Movement, Exercise, Analgesia, and Treatment. This has been proposed as one way to uh, treat an area of injury, let's say like an ankle or a muscle injury, um, but remove the things uh, that the RICE protocol um uh, was inaccurate with. So in this protocol, instead of resting an injury, this acronym suggests moving the damaged area through a gentle range of motion until the pain, you know, you know, a range of motion that's pain-free in an effort to provide, uh, you know, the pumping of lymphatic fluid out of the body. The exercise resistance should be the next step beyond basic, simple movements. Let's say if you were trying to move an ankle and you can move it a little bit, but it, before it really starts to hurt, then that's the range of motion that it should be moved in back and forth, back and forth, just to kind of pump that lymphatic fluid out of there. And then as that pain improves and your mobility improves and the pain is lessened, then you can start to step that into more increased activities um, and, until you get back to um, regular activity. 
Now, analgesia or pain relief is a part of the MEAT protocol, and I've seen studies that, you know, show if you take an NSAID like Advil or Leave, it actually could retard healing process. I know it retards bone healing, and I've also seen studies that show for acute pain topical NSAIDs. These would be things like Voltaren gel, things like that. These are actually more effective than taking pills orally or even in some cases uh, taking combinations of things like Advil and Tylenol. But in the MEAT protocol, it does recognize the idea that it's possibly beneficial to reduce the uh, – you might improve outcomes by treating pain just a little bit. But we do have this possibility that NSAIDs could um, could actually uh, retard that inflammatory process a little bit. Tylenol does not. So that's one that you could curb pain you know, a little bit during a, you know, a protocol like this with something like Tylenol. The last part of the meat protocol, of course, is treatment, and that really is a broad category of things that can occur. And this can vary, you know, from the consumption of supplements and nutrients to reduce inflammation, as well as the application of rehab modalities, such as KT tape, uh, acupuncture, e-stem, ultrasound, low-intensity laser therapy, which is something I've utilized in my clinic based on this whole inflammatory issue that we're talking about with rice. These are all things that we would consider treatments that can be of benefit. So listen, I'm going to close this up. And I wanted to provide this, what I think is very important. This is a very, very key bit of medical practical information for people that are living active lives. And it's important to know that some of the things we sometimes take for granted uh, could actually slow our recovery. And I want people out there to be physically active, maintain their strength, and and you know, really be out there in the world doing what they can do. And and you know, it doesn't help whenever you get injured to ice things. That's what this shows. That's what this whole talk is about. And based on the available literature, you know, the rehab protocol for an acute athletic injury should be to prioritize the you know free pain free movement and full range of motion as soon as possible and gradually progressively increase higher intensity movement and also more complex movements this is what rehab should look like and there's various protocols i covered the meat protocol as one that are different and replace the rice protocol so let's don't ice things let's uh work to slowly increase activity and of course, talk with your uh, doctor, your physical therapist, but if their recommendation is uh, put ice on it, just be aware that that means that they don't understand that this research is fairly substantial and this research, uh, I, I, I believe, completely debunks rice protocols. We should not be using this. And I hope that you will uh, you know, use this and apply this in your life. And let me know if this was helpful for you. And I, I'm going to keep doing some of these health segments as a bonus on the WFL Live podcast. If you enjoy this, go ahead and give me some feedback. Pop over into the WFL Live podcast uh, tribe, and I'll put the uh, link in the show notes. And of course, um, if you want to follow our latest episodes and get these like in a download fashion, that type of thing, uh, straight to your email, join us at our WFLivePodcast.com website, and you can you know just sign up for our email list and we'll make sure to make sure you get every episode as soon as it comes out. Thanks. Have a great day.